Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Epic Fantasy Romance. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Fabulous. Today is Thursday, um, August 25th, and I'm back home another year older, uh, wiser, hard to say. After a certain point, do you continue to grow wiser? I don't know. Uh, during my brief, very brief, right? Podcast hiatus, uh, Zencaster changed their thing and now my image is reversed. I don't know if it'll be reversed for you all on video. It's a little disconcerting. It's just that the flowers are on different sides of me than they used to be. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to figure out if I can change it, but, um, who knows? So I had a lovely birthday, uh, time spent well with family, um, mixture of business and pleasure. We got, um, birthday stuff done and also took care of like financial things and stuff like that. So it was good. It was a good trip and I am home. Something's rustling in the grape leaves. Ah, bird. Um, yeah, so I'll be here today and tomorrow. And then tomorrow I go down to Albuquerque to Bubonicon. If you are local to New Mexico, which I know most, most of you are not, uh, it's a good convention, uh, sort of our local SFF convention. And I am going to be doing many, many things. I'll be on a bunch of stuff. I was thinking I was talking about this before I left, but, um, you know, it used to be that I would post my appearances and schedule at conferences online. And now I've kind of, it's like, well, why? Cause the people online who aren't there can't go see the things and the people who are going to the thing will see it when they're there. So I see other authors sharing this on social media and I know I used to do it, but it's, um, it's a puzzler. I just keep getting around not to posting my stuff and maybe that's an excuse. So, um, and then after that, I will be doing podcasts on Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday I fly to Chicago for Worldcon, Shycon in Chicago. Did I mention Chicago? <laughs> uh, at which I'm also doing many things. I should probably post my schedule for that. Um, just because Worldcon's so big, but anyway, um, yeah. So little behind on the book stuff, not horribly. Actually, I'm, I'm on track. I'm not where I want to be, but on track still to release September 29th. Uh, nice to see all those pre-orders coming in. Thank you. Uh, Shadow wizard. Jadron and Sally. Uh, so let's see. So I have things to talk about and it's one of those things where I make notes. That I want to talk about this when I come back, but then, uh, you know, after the fact, I'm not nearly so fired up about it. Um, but <laughs> so one thing about birthdays in the modern era is the Facebook birthday, right? 
So it's a funny thing because this is really throwing me off that my image is reversed. <laughs> I really just shouldn't look at myself. I did get a new webcam uh, for my birthday from my wonderful aunt and I started to try to set it up but I can't if I have the laptop open it defaults to my laptop camera instead of the one on the tripod and I'm sure I can change that somewhere in my settings Zencaster settings but I can't figure it out. Uh, and I thought well I could just like use the webcam and not look at myself which might be a plus so I stop obsessing and but then I wouldn't be able to see that the image was right. So I may save the webcam for indoors. That's all um, probably never mind but that's that was sort of my process this morning is figuring out how I'm going to handle all that. So anyway Facebook birthdays um and here, you know I should have my cane out so I could shake it you know because back before Facebook it wasn't a thing right you know you had to keep track of people's birthdays and like I don't know send cards through the mail by a pony express um but now and it was fun at first with Facebook because it would remind you of people's birthdays and you'd be like oh cool tell people happy birthday and then the social media marketers got involved right and so they tell people things like uh, you know every time you post to somebody's timeline is an opportunity to advertise your business and it's like how <laughs> do I want to say this those sorts of profanities are welling up you know it it really cancels out the uh, you know purported good wishes if somebody is using it as an opportunity to advertise their business. So there is this one gal who I went to high school with and I don't even think we were friends in high school which is the other phenomenon about Facebook right is that there's all these people that you are friends with on Facebook that you were never friends with in real life. So this gal is a real estate agent and she posts to my timeline with this square ad that has like a picture of her and a picture of her you know sister agent at, at the business and you know it's like the realty company and then they say wishing you a happy birthday and it's basically a fucking ad for their real estate company on my timeline dressed up as happy birthday wishes and so I deleted it and and you know what I deleted that in the morning because I was online for my birthday which I'm not always but you know hanging out at my folks house because it was a Monday uh, my mom and I you know had a way to meet with her financial advisor via zoom so we were online a lot and so I was just keeping up with the Facebook messages this year because I do appreciate all the the nice birthdays from the people who are just trying to advertise their business. So <laughs> so I deleted this fairly early in the morning because she posted it right off. Do you know what later that day like actually 
let me take it back Tuesday morning Tuesday morning I was catching you know there all the people are like oh sorry I missed your birthday yesterday perfectly nice she had posted that fucking thing again like the evening before and it's I don't know if she thought that she you know she went to check to see if it was on my timeline and she was like oh I'm maybe it didn't post or something but I deleted it a second time and then I went and looked at our friendship and our entire friendship and I'm putting air quotes around this for you not on video consisted of her posting her fucking real estate ads on my birthday and (laughs) did I I didn't unfriend her because we have other like high school friends in common but yeah. So you know and other people there there's only a few people who do this but you know if you're going to listen to the marketers think about what you're doing to your human relationships uh, actually do we even have a human relationship I don't I barely remember this guy I should go look her up uh, in my yearbook because I don't think we were like even I don't think we ever had a relationship I should unfriend her shouldn't I. Ah. So I wanted to mention that um the you know monetizing every relationship right yeah. um the other thing I wanted to talk about which I'll probably put in the show notes billings and will probably be the thing that most of you are actually here for and like sat through 10 minutes of my blathering to hear about but um SL Huang did an interesting essay on tour.com about clear on workshops and uh, science fiction fantasy writing workshops and writing workshops in general and I wanted to talk about that a little little bit because there's been a lot of people tweeting about it giving their experiences um, there was a lot of discussion of the Milford method and it this was a really well done essay and it elicited a lot of uh, good conversation and you know it's writing workshops are fraught anyway and I hold on a moment okay so I, I went to check it's SL Huang which I'm glad I checked uh, because she is pretty emphatic about don't pronounce it to rhyme with bang rhymes with Wong wrong so SL Huang she does not give um, pronouns which is what I was looking for and uh, but she presents as female so I'm going to go with she her apologies if I get that wrong anyway um, so she talks about the the background of of science fiction and fantasy workshops and the Milford method and basically the Milford method excuse me mosquitoes uh, boils down to that people give critique and the author listens and gets an opportunity to say something at the end and one of the criticisms of this uh, technique that Wong brings up is that it's um, it silences the author and that it can be a really brutal critique method and also how there were 
there's sort of a dearth of other ways to teach and I'm going to link to the essay because she does a great job of breaking it down much better than my um, brief summary broken summary here. Uh, but one thing I did want to say is that there is a reason for the author to listen without speaking. Um, and I, I totally get the how it's problematic. I understand how, what makes it difficult, but something that happens a lot uh, when you give uh, authors critique, a, I, I want to say not even newbie authors. I was starting to say that, but um, authors, even very experienced authors will do this is that their first instinct is to begin to argue with you and it stops them from hearing what you're trying to say, or they try to explain. Um, and this is something that happens a lot. You know, if I'm teaching writing workshops and so forth, I'll ask someone a question about their story. I'll say, well, you know, think about why did the prince want to sacrifice himself? And their first instinct will be to say, oh, well, see, the thing is, is that the prince has, and, and I have to say, no, 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 don't explain it to me because I don't need to know explain it to the reader. What I'm saying is explain it in the work. And so I do think that there's a lot of value in learning to hear critique of your work and absorb it without having to have an immediate response. And something we talk about a whole lot in the industry is like when you get your edit letter back or what have you, that you take 24 hours or more to absorb it and assimilate because our first reactions tend to be emotional and that's um you know which is usually you know like how dare you say my baby is ugly <laughs> and believe me we all go through this so it's hard to hear criticism of your work and so 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 absorbing it in silence is a really good discipline to build. And I am not from a marginalized group, you know, it's that white girl here. So I, I don't know how it feels when, um, it feels as if you're being silenced. So I, I realize that's a fine line there, but I did want to mention that about the, the benefits of simply listening. Um, and you don't have to, you don't have to, eh, what are the words I want? Words. What are words? Um, you don't, you don't have to do what they say. And I realize that this becomes an issue for people in marginalized groups too, because there's that power imbalance. Uh, and it's very hard, I think for all creators to learn that difference between, um, hearing the critique and making the decision of what to do about it. But it's good to hear it. It's good to do your best to listen and take it in and then decide later whether or not you're going to listen. So all of that said, my opinion on writing workshops, um, I have done a few mostly, uh, through the university where I was at when I was working and I feel like I'm not going to have time to explain all this. I may have to go along. So, okay. Quick, quick intro to, to Jeffy's history. I was going to be a research scientist. I was doing my PhD. 
Um, I decided to cut bait, get my master's because I didn't actually want to be a research scientist. And I decided that I wanted to be a writer. Um, it was a big pivot. I was 23, 22 when this happened. And so I did that. I got my master's in neurophysiology. I started taking, I got a job as an editor writer to start build, building my writing chops. And I started taking night classes uh, with the creative writing department and learning from these visiting writers. Usually it would be like these um, five nights a week, seven to 10 PM uh, for one week. There were other ones, but I would do that. And sometimes they were semester long, but so I started learning directly from writers and the, it was actually an English department. And then later they developed a creative writing program and I was able to do some great things. I was awarded a fellowship to the U cross foundation and went and did a two week retreat. Um, and that was amazing, but I did not get a formal education. And at one point, the university where I was at, they did develop a creative writing program and they started a creative writing MFA. And one of my professors suggested that I be in the first class and get an MFA. Now at this point, I had already been published. I had already published um, my essay collection with the university press and I published lots and lots of essays, short stories. And I thought, oh, cool. Yeah, maybe I should get an MFA. And so I looked into it and it was going to cost me like $40,000. And, and that was, you know, going to be right there in my hometown. I had a full-time career job. I had stepchildren. I had a lot of stuff going on in my life. And it was kind of as much as I could do to get the writing in. And, you know, and she said, well, this would be a big boost for you if you have the MFA. And I was thinking, well, how, why does it make a difference? Um, and I ultimately did not do it because I thought I already have one master's degree and I don't want to teach. So why do I need an MFA when I'm already a published author? And isn't that my cred? Well, you know, and it's interesting because here I am now I am president of the science fiction and fantasy writers association, and I have not done those, um, cred workshops. I came up partly through romance because romance is what published my funky crossover of epic fantasy romance first. Uh, so I never went to Clarion. I never went to Taos toolbox. Uh, I didn't go to, uh, Iowa writing circle or any of these things. And I've been part of these courses where we had writing workshops, uh, where we workshopped work. I've been part of several different critique groups and would I say it makes a difference? Yeah. Everything is helpful, but when people talk about, and this is something that as hell Huang mentions in her essay is that there is this, and I had not heard of it before, but it didn't surprise me that there's, there's this rather famous rebound that after you do Clarion workshop, a lot of people don't write for a year or two years. And, and Mary Robinette Kowal, who 
you know, is a friend and I think she's very smart and I, I adore her, but she did a Twitter thread saying, well, that's because you're absorbing everything you learned and it just takes time to assimilate that. And, and that was her experience. And I believe that that's how she felt. But I also think that people not writing for a couple of years after a workshop is an indication that something got broken. And I don't think necessarily in a positive way. I quit one critique group because the critique felt so toxic to me. And, and when I give authors advice on this, because I do do author coaching, um, I have a lot of conversation with authors. I, and this is something that comes up a lot is they say, well, how do I know <laughs> this is looping back, right? How do I know when to listen to the critique or when is it toxic? And it's hard. It's really hard to know. And the best answer I have is that you learn from experience. Um, you have to, you know, you know, sit on it and then see if you agree with it. If, um, if you're hearing the same thing over and over, that's an indication that it's something to pay attention to. Doesn't mean you have to do it. Uh, especially if you're a different kind of writer, if you come from, um, a different culture, a non-Western, non-white, I don't know, non-heteronormative culture, there's going to be differences. For me, there were a lot of differences because I was writing this crossover. I was writing, uh, this epic fantasy with romance in it. And I would get people wanting me to take one side or the other out of it. Um, men, male fantasy writers, science fiction writers, that critique group I was in, um, they would have to keep telling me that they were not my reader and, and, and they would kind of clear their throats self-importantly. Well, <clears throat> I am not your reader, but you know, and they would acknowledge I was a great writer great. Well, they would say I was a good writer, you know, that it was a good story. And they'd say, but people have these very long exchanges. Is that typical for romance? You know, and so all these little barbs, right? They lodge into you and they can interfere with your creative process. And one thing I talk about a whole lot is learning how to kick the other voices out of the room when you are actually drafting. And so I know this is a muddle. I probably should have made this a much more, um, plant podcast, but so it goes, maybe I'll talk about this more tomorrow, but it, it's bothered me for a very long time that, uh, that especially the science fiction and fantasy community seems to be very consumed with this cred about whether or not you have done these writing workshops. Uh, when I was early on the board of CIFWA and I was at um, my first Nebula conference, I think I was one of the other board members introduced me to someone who was working with Clary and I don't remember if it was East or West and I don't remember who it was, but, um, we were doing cocktail party conversation. And at this point I had probably published, I don't know, 10, 15 books. And, but I wasn't really well known in the science fiction fantasy community because a lot of those were on the romance side of publishing. And she, I said to her, well, you know, I always thought it would be very fun to do something like Clarion. And she said, oh, well, you know, it's never too late. <laughs> and, and then she wandered off and 
my friend, my other board member looked at me and he said, she doesn't really know who you are. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, and that's all right. But there is this incestuous thing. And this is something that's been talked about in other circles. Like I started out as a creative nonfiction writer and, you know, I would do like the literary festivals and all this kind of thing. And I knew a lot of people who had come out of like Iowa writing circle. And it's this deal where you go to Iowa writing circle, there's that faculty, um, you have your fellow students that become your cohort. And then you move up into the world of like choosing fellowships and uh, editing and so forth. And they would choose other people from Iowa writing circle. And so it becomes this loop where a certain kind of writing that is produced by a certain kind of writing workshop becomes established as this is good writing. This is how we should be doing it. And then you have, um, it perpetuates, it becomes a self-perpetuating cycle. And I think that that's what happens in the science fiction and fantasy community too, that the people who go to these workshops are taught, this is how you write a correct story. And then as they move into the gatekeeper positions, they reinforce that and say, oh, well, this is how you write a story and this is good kind. And this is not a good kind because this would never fly in clarion workshop or for example. So as I promised, I have gone on long. All of this has to be taken with a grain of salt because basically there are these self-reinforcing communities that are vetting each other. And it, there's tremendous pressure, I think. Um, and I, I think I started to say this before and didn't quite finish the thought, but sometimes when I'm author coaching, people will ask me, should I do this? Should I do Tell's Toolbox? Should I do one of these other things? And, and I will say, I don't think you need it to learn how to write. Um, but it is good for the cred. It gets you into the community and which I feel like, is that a good thing? Uh, and I say this as someone who does not have the card, right? So on that thought, I am going to go do my thing. But thank you for sticking with me and my rambles this morning. Maybe I'll be able to speak more, more coherently about it tomorrow. Uh, yeah. So I um, hope you all have a wonderful Thursday. And I will talk to you tomorrow. You all take care. Bye-bye.